Well, let me welcome you to Grace Bible Church. It's good to have you all with us this morning. Students, it's really great to have you back. We love having the students in town. During the summer, we can park easily, which is nice, kind of a gift. But life is really pretty boring in College Station when all of you are gone. You come back and you bring the excitement to everything. I I drive down Texas Avenue now and it's totally exciting. I don't know if I'm going to make it in one piece (laughs) to where I'm going. But that's all right because it's not boring anymore. Life is exciting. You bring football with you, which is crazy exciting right now. You bring energy to our church. You bring energy to everything. So students, we're so grateful to have you back. We hope that you'll be with us this fall as we study 1 Corinthians together. That's going to be our book for the fall and actually the first part of spring. We're going to be learning about how to follow God upstream against the currents of ungodliness that are all around us in this world. So that will start next week. We'll start looking at the book of 1 Corinthians. This week, I want to talk to you about Grace Bible Church. I want to introduce you to who we are as a church, because many of you are, are checking out our church for the first time. You're new to the community, and you're church shopping. You're, you're looking around for a church that you can call home, and fortunately for you, there's a lot of great churches in this town. There's a lot of solid churches, and so you should check them out. You should do your research. You should look around And then once you have found a church that aligns with your beliefs and your values, stop church shopping and commit. Plug in, get engaged and involved in that church. So to help you as you look around at different churches, I want to introduce you this morning to Grace Bible Church by sharing with you the goal or, or the mission that guides everything we do as a church. I want to share with you the goal of Grace Bible Church so that you'll know who we are and what we care about, what we're doing, and most importantly, how you personally can get engaged and connected to the mission that God has called our church to. So I'm going to share with you this morning the goal of Grace Bible Church, and and if you choose to call Grace home, if you make this church your home, then I hope that this mission will become your mission in life. That this will become your goal that guides everything that you do in life. So this morning I want to give you a mission in life that's the mission for, for our community and for every one of us as individuals. We believe that this goal is worth living for. And that's the key as you look for a goal in life. You want to find a goal that's worth living for. This summer, my family and I, we got to go to Colorado, and early in our trip, my father and I went for a hike up McCullough Gulch, and it was a, actually a really hard trail for us, harder than we expected, lots of vertical, very technical, and it was only our second day at altitude, so we were sucking wind the whole time, but we kept pressing forward, we, we pressed through the pain, we didn't stop because we had a goal, we, we had a goal to see this lake we had heard was at the top of the trail, and we, we believed that it would be worth the pain, that the goal was worth all of the effort effort, and it was. It was an absolutely magnificent alpine lake, crystal clear water, surrounded by snow. It was absolutely pristine. There were families of mountain goats coming down from the heights. It was one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen. It was totally worth all the effort that you put in. And what that teaches you, it it is incredibly rewarding to attain a goal that was worthy of your effort. But that means that you need to choose the right goal. You need to choose a goal that's worthy of your sacrifice. Earlier in my life, I didn't. In in high school and in college, I I set it as my goal in life, top thing, thing above everything else. My goal in life was to be the best student academically in any room. 
Okay, so students, it's important to do well academically. Your, your education is a gift from God. Don't waste it. You need to use it well. You need to make it your goal to work hard to do your best in school. But that wasn't my goal. It wasn't my goal to do my best. My goal was to be the best in every class that I walked into. I wanted to have the highest grade of any student in that class. And so I sacrificed all kinds of good things in my life. And I worked incredibly hard through high school and through college to be the best student in every room. And by the end of my time at A&M, overall, I had attained that goal. I was the best student in almost every class. I had the GPA that I wanted. I had attained my goal. And then I stepped back and I looked at my life and I realized it was the wrong goal. It was the wrong goal because GPA is important, but there are far more important things in life. I had sacrificed all of those far more important things for a number that no one really cares about. A GPA, it gets you interviews. That's the reason that you get a decent GPA. But after the interview, no one gives a flip about your GPA. No one's asking me my GPA anymore. It's not the most important thing. I had sacrificed so many more important things because I chose the wrong goal. And that crushed me. That, that left me really sad to look back at my years in high school and college and realize that I had sacrificed so many good things for a goal that was not worthy of all that sacrifice. So the key to living a, a well-lived life is to choose and then work hard towards a goal that is worthy of your sacrifice. That's the key to a life well-lived Choose a goal that is worthy and then work towards it. Okay, so this morning, I want to give you the goal that we as a community, as a church, the goal that we believe is worth living for. The goal that guides everything we do as a community, the goal that guides all of us individually, the goal that we believe is worth any sacrifice. I want to share with you the goal of Grace Bible Church. This guides all of us as a community, as individuals. If you want to make this church your home, then we pray that you too will adopt this as your goal in life, the goal that you sacrifice and work hard for. This is the goal of Grace Bible Church, to engage every person on our campus, in our community, and in our world with the transforming grace of God. You'll be hearing more of this often because this is our goal as a church. And this is the goal that guides every one of us as individuals. Our goal, our ambition in life is to engage every person on our campus, in our community, and in our world with the transforming grace of God. And we pray that this would be the same goal for all of you. That individually you would set it as your ambition in life. You would be willing to sacrifice anything for the attainment of this goal. So let me explain this goal to you. Let me, let me pick it apart and look at each phrase so that you can understand it and wrap your minds around this goal that God has called our church and each of us as individuals to expend our lives to attain. So this is our goal in life. Let's start with the most important phrase, which is the very end, the transforming grace of God. Let's talk about that. What is grace? Well, very simply, if you want a definition that's really easy to remember, grace is simply when you get something good that you didn't deserve. That's grace. You get something good that you didn't deserve. I'll I'll illustrate. When I was in college, I had a friend who was from a very wealthy family, and during our junior year at A&M, he and his family invited me during spring break to join them in Cozumel for a week of scuba diving all expenses paid. I mean, 
all expenses paid. So getting there, a room to stay in, my fees, my diving equipment, everything was paid for. Now, I had a problem before we left. I I didn't know how to dive. I was not licensed. You have to have a license if you're going to scuba dive. So my friend's dad calls me up one day at school and says, show up at this place on this day at this time. You'll get all your certification. It's already paid for. So that's amazing grace. Everything is paid for. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I didn't have to pay him back. It was a completely free gift with no strings attached. That's grace. You're getting something good you don't deserve. That's what God gives the human race. Grace. Because what do we deserve from God? Well, the Bible is really clear. What we deserve from God is death. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every human being who's ever lived other than Jesus Christ is a sinner. We've done things that are wrong. We know that. We've violated the commands of God. So God says, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve from God. We deserve death. We deserve punishment. What does God give us instead? The rest of this verse, he gives us life. But the free gift of God is eternal life and Christ Jesus our Lord. Free gift, that's grace. The grace of God, the gift to you is eternal life. What is eternal life? It's a relationship with God as your loving Father now and forever. Eternal life is a big phrase in Scripture. It includes all those other words that we use often in church like salvation and and justification and forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation and adoption. All of those words are wrapped together and summed up in eternal life. And what God wants you to understand is eternal life, salvation, forgiveness, reconciliation with God. All of it comes as a free gift. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. You don't do good things in life hoping that they will outweigh your bad things. You don't come to church on Sunday mornings hoping that will somehow earn love from God. It doesn't work that way. That's not grace. Grace says it's a completely free gift. All these good things from God, eternal life, forgiveness, salvation, justification, reconciliation, peace with God, hope from God, all of it is an absolutely free gift absolutely no strings attached. Nothing that you have to do to earn it. Nothing you have to do to pay it back. It's an absolutely free gift. And how do you get this free gift from God? How do you receive this free gift of eternal life? Well, it tells you right there at the end of the verse, in Christ Jesus. Eternal life, the grace of God, it comes to you through Jesus. It's Jesus who earned it for you. Because think about it. Nothing in life is, is actually free. Okay, grace did cost someone something, but not you. It cost God something. It's like my trip to Cozumel. Was it absolutely free for me to go to Cozumel? Well, it was for me, but it wasn't in the global sense of things. Someone had to pay a very high price for me to go to Cozumel. It was not me. It was my friend's family. So it is with eternal life. It is an incredibly costly gift, but not costly to the receiver. It was costly to the giver. It cost God the life of his son. As Peter says in 1 Peter 1, you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For you to have forgiveness, for you to have eternal life, it was incredibly costly, but not costly for you, costly for Jesus. It was why Jesus went to the cross. It's it's what we celebrated in that song. Why did Jesus suffer and die? So that he could purchase for us the gift of eternal life. 
the gift of forgiveness, free for us, not free for, for him. So if you want to think about grace, a really accurate way to think about grace from this point on in your life is for us, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. They cost you nothing. They cost Jesus everything. He died on the cross so that he could purchase for us all of the riches of God. Life and forgiveness and sonship and all of the wonderful things that God wants to give you. Jesus paid the price so that they could be yours. So eternal life, salvation, forgiveness, all of it comes through Jesus because Jesus earned it and all of it comes to us by drawing near to Jesus. The way you receive this gift of eternal life is you come to Jesus, God's son. You come near to Jesus, as as it says in a verse that you should have memorized by now, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that is Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you come to Jesus in faith and say, Jesus, I believe that you exist. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead to give me eternal life as a free gift. The moment that you come to Jesus in faith, God saves you. God forgives you. He cleanses you of sin. He grants you eternal life. He adopts you into his family. You are saved now and forever. The moment that you come to Jesus in faith. That's why John will say in the book of 1 John, God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. The way to get eternal life from God is to come to Jesus, his son. It's just like my trip to Cozumel. Why did I get that gift from that family? Is it because they liked me? Well, no. I'm sure there's lots of people that they liked in this world who they did not take to Cozumel for free. Why did they take me? Because I knew their son. Because I was friends with their son. I had a relationship with their son. I drew near to the son, and the family gave me grace. That's how it works with God. You don't earn grace from God. You don't work for it. You draw near to his son. You come to Jesus in faith. Come to Jesus and say, I believe you exist. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead to give me eternal life. And I say, thank you. The moment that you do that, God forgives you of sin, grants you eternal life. You are his now and forever. That's the grace of God. Eternal life is an absolutely free gift. It costs Jesus everything. It costs you nothing. You just have to come to Jesus in faith. That's the grace of God, and it is that grace of God, that good news that we call the gospel, that can transform individuals and communities. There's nothing else in this world that can can transform people. There's things in this world that can improve people, but, but nothing that can transform individuals and communities. And it's it's pretty clear if you've been paying attention to the news at all lately, that we live in a broken world that is desperately in need of transformation. We live in a broken world of of broken people who are groping around desperately trying to find any relief from fear, any relief from from strife, any relief from selfishness, any relief from anxiety that they can find. We, we We live among people who are drowning themselves in distractions, in pleasures, in entertainment, in alcohol, in drugs just to find an hour's relief from the guilt and shame and fear and loneliness in their hearts. We're living in an incredibly dark and broken world. It's, it's easy to prove. Why would Robin Williams, a guy who made almost everyone on the planet laugh, why would he take his own life? Because we live in a dark and broken world where people can't find hope, they can't find peace. 
Why are there wars in Iraq and in Israel and in the Ukraine? Because you live in a dark and broken world full of strife and hatred. Why are things so crazy messed up in Ferguson? Because you live in a dark and broken world where racism and hatred and fear and poverty are alive and well. We live in a dark and broken world. And what do broken people need? They don't just need a new law or a new program or a little more money or a new pill or a new technology. They need to be transformed, changed radically from the inside out. That's what our world needs. Not a little bit of improvement but radical transformation and the only thing on earth that can transform the broken heart of broken people is the grace of God. That's the only thing that can transform us. The grace of God, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, new has come. The gospel, this good news that God loves you so much that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead, it doesn't just make you a better version of you. It it transforms you from the inside out. It's designed to make you a new kind of person, a new creation, a person who is freed from the penalty and slavery of sin and set free to worship and love God and other people as a child of God. The message of the gospel is the only thing in this world that can transform us. Everything else, economic programs, medical research, new rules, new laws, all they can do is treat the symptoms of the problem. The only thing that can fix the root of the problem of all the darkness and brokenness in this world is the grace of God transforming the hearts of broken people. And it's only as God's grace, as his gospel, this good news of Jesus transforms the hearts of broken people that you begin to see broken communities transformed and broken nations and societies transformed as more and more individuals come to orient themselves around the love of Jesus Christ. The grace of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope for Ferguson and for Syria and for Iraq and for Ukraine and it is the only hope for Brian, for College Station, for Texas A&M and Blinn. The only thing that can make this world what we desperately hope it will be is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything else, all it can do is treat the symptoms. Only the gospel can transform the hearts of broken people and reform broken communities. The grace of God is the only thing that can transform us. It's the only thing that can set us free from sin. So it is our goal as a church, our ambition as a church, to share this message of God's transforming grace with every person, with with absolutely every person, every person, everywhere, as it says in Mark sixteen fifteen, and he, that is Jesus, said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, to every single human being. We believe that we are obligated, that we are called to preach the gospel in every corner of the earth, every nation, every people, everywhere, to every person. That's our obligation. We, we, we are called to do that. We are commanded to do that because every person on earth deserves the opportunity to hear that God loves them. That's just a basic human right. Everybody deserves the right to hear that God loves them so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins, rise from the dead, so they could have eternal life. Every person on earth deserves an opportunity to hear that good news. I want you to turn to Romans chapter one. 
Turn with Romans chapter 1, and I want you to see how Paul thought about his life and about his obligation to the gospel. I want you to see the goal of Paul's life, and this is the goal that Paul set for his life and that he wants every one of us in this room to set as our goal in life, our ambition in life. Look with me, Romans chapter 1. Let's start in verse 14. Paul says, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Notice verse 14, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians and in the ancient world where Paul lived, society divided the human race into just two groups, Greeks and barbarians. That's everyone. So Paul's saying, I, we are obligated to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with every living human being on this planet because they deserve a chance to hear that God loves them, that Jesus died for them. There are no exceptions to that obligation. There's no race of people, no nation, no type of person who is exempted from this right, this obligation to hear the gospel. Why is that? Because no person on earth is beyond the reach of God's grace. God's grace can transform any person, any group of people, any nation, any society. God's grace is not beyond reach of anyone. And so it is our obligation to share it with everyone. That's our call in life. Share God's grace, the gospel, the good news of Jesus with every person on earth. And you notice in our mission statement, we divide it into three groups. We're to share it with every person on our campus. On our campus, we as a church care deeply for college students. We want them to know the transforming grace of God. Why? Let me give you a few reasons. First, because 77% of believers in America came to faith before their 21st birthday. College, that's the time to reach into people's life and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. That's when they're deciding what they believe in life. College students, that's when they're making their most important decisions. That's when we typically choose our values, our careers, our spouses. We want to get in there and reach them before they've made all those decisions. College students have more freedom than the rest of us. Let's be honest, most of us can't do what college students can. They have so much freedom to follow the call of God on their life. Finally, and and maybe most importantly, why do we want to reach college students? Well, because Aggies go everywhere. Aggies go everywhere on this planet and they become the leaders in business, in government, in education, in politics. They become the leaders of tomorrow. And so we want to reach them today with the transforming love and grace of God. We want to introduce them to God's grace. We want to train them to follow Jesus. And then we want to send them out everywhere on this planet to be witnesses for the gospel. One of the elders who who planted our church, who founded Grace Bible Church 40 years ago, a guy named Dick Davison, used to say that we as a church, we are called to wage war against the kingdom of Satan and college students are the tip of our spear. That's right, college students, that's our strategic focus because you are the ones who can go everywhere from here and change the world for Jesus Christ. So we want to reach literally every student who comes through Texas A&M and Blinn. We want every one of them during their years here to hear the gospel, this good news about Jesus from the lips of someone who goes to Grace Bible Church. So we want to reach every student on our campus. We want to reach every person in our community. 
in Bryan College Station. This is a growing community. It's about 200,000 people now. It's projected to be a half million by 2050. And when you think about how many people are moving in and out of this town, in the course of 10 years, we will probably interact with at least a few hundred thousand people. A few hundred thousand people who need to hear about the grace of Jesus Christ. We want to reach all of them. We want to engage every single person who comes through this town, whether for a little time or a lot of time, with the good news of the gospel. That's why we'll be opening a third campus fall of next year. I'm going to have more information for you at the end of the service as we get ready to launch a third campus because we are obviously quite full here at Southwood and at Anderson as well. But we're not going to stop at three campuses. We're already planning Campus 4, Campus 5, Campus 6. We want to go east, west, north, south. We want to reach not just English speaking, but we have a Mandarin church plant started at the Anderson campus. We want to start something in Spanish as well. We want to reach South Asian students and faculty. We have all of these goals that God is calling us to, to launch more campuses, to launch more ministries, because every person in this town needs to be engaged with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to reach all of them, and we want to work with anyone who who will share that message. So we want to partner with like-minded churches, with like-minded ministries, with anyone who's sharing the gospel. We want to come beside you and share the gospel with you, because that's the one thing that can transform broken hearts. So we believe as a church and as individuals, we are called to share the good news of God's transforming grace with every single person on our campus, every single person in our community, but we can't stop there. God wants more. He wants us as a church to participate in sharing the gospel with every single person on this planet, every person in the world. Because Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go reach every people group, every nation on earth with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why missions, world missions, has always been part of the DNA of Grace Bible Church, and it always will. When we started about 45, almost 50 years ago, we were able to support four missionaries at about 10 bucks a month, if I remember correctly. I was not there, but from what I've heard. Today, we give about a half million dollars every year to about 100 missionaries, almost all of whom have come from Grace Bible Church and who are spread all over the planet sharing the gospel, planting churches. Uh, Missionaries like a a young couple who is planting churches among a Muslim people group of 10 million people among whom there are only 30 Christians. Only 30, because so few have heard about Jesus. Uh, So we want to support them. We want to support missionaries like like the Roberts and the Lukers and the Showalters who are planting churches in northern Italy among people who've heard about Jesus all their lives but don't believe in him at all. We want to support those who are going forth to take the gospel and plant churches all over the world because we believe as a church we are called to share the gospel with every human being on this planet because Jesus said go and make disciples of every nation. So it is our mission, our goal, our ambition as a church and as as individuals to engage every person on our campus, in our community, and in our world with the transforming grace of God. That's why we're here. That's what our church is about. We agree with the Apostle Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 9, I do all for the sake of the gospel. Everything we do as a church, every ministry, every event, every budget line item is ultimately for the sake of the gospel, of taking the good news of Jesus and sharing it with people who don't yet know him. That's our goal as a church and we want to invite every single one of you in this room to join us in that goal. We want to challenge you to make this your ambition in life because this is a goal worth living for. 
This is a goal that when you get to the end of your life and you look back at all the sacrifice and all the hard work, you will not wonder, was it worth it? You will know. Yeah, that was the one thing that was worth expending myself for. Do you realize this is actually the only reason God has left you on this planet? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Everything else other than this that you do as a follower of Christ, you will do better in heaven. So worship, it was fun to worship with Ross this morning, but you go to heaven and you get to worship with choirs of angels. Ross is good, but I vote for the angels. I think it will be better there. So worship will be better in heaven. Studying the Bible, it's it's good now. You get to listen to me as we study the Bible together. But in heaven, you can go talk to Paul. And I think that's going to be way better. So studying the Bible, better in heaven. And prayer, it's kind of hard now because you don't hear directly from God. In heaven, you can just go and talk to God face to face. It's going to be way better there. Everything about your life will be better in heaven except this one thing. This one thing that you can only do on earth. Share the gospel with people who don't know Jesus. That is the one and only reason God has left you on this planet. Everything else he wants you to do, you'll do better in heaven. The one thing he left you here to do is to share the gospel, to engage people on this planet with the good news of God's transforming grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And so I challenge you to set this as your ambition in life, to join us in this one all-important mission to accomplish this one all-important goal, to engage every person on our campus, in our community, and in this world with the transforming grace of God. And so let me ask you, as you think about how to apply this to your life, let me ask you a few questions. First of all, have you experienced God's transforming grace? Has there been some moment in your life when you have realized that God's love and forgiveness isn't something you have to work for? It's not something that you have to merit. It's not something that you go to church to get. Has there been some moment when you have realized that it's a free gift, that God loves you, that he loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for your sins and rise from the dead so that you could have eternal life as an absolutely free gift with no strings attached? Has there been some moment in your life when you have come to Jesus in faith and said, thank you? Thank you, I believe you exist. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead so that I could be forgiven and have eternal life. There's never been that moment. I pray that it would be today. I pray that you would come to experience the transforming grace of God in your own life through faith in Jesus Christ. If you want to talk with me more after the service about that, I would love to talk with you about God's grace. So that's the first question. Have you experienced God's transforming grace? If you've experienced, then the second question, do you know how to share it with others? Are you clear on the message of the gospel? It is the most important thing you will ever say in all of life. So do you know how to say it clearly? Do you know how to say it well? If you don't, if you're not clear on the meaning and message of the gospel, I would challenge you to listen to this message again. It'll be online on Tuesday. Go back, listen again to how I walked you through the gospel. In particular, I would encourage you to memorize John 3.16. It is the gospel in one verse. It's really great. Memorize it, know it, so that you can share this one message of good news with the world. So do you know how to share it with us? The third question, who will you share it with this fall? And I I really want to challenge you guys right now to to think of two names or two faces. Just, Just think in your mind, two names or two faces of people in your life who, who are already attached to you in some way but who don't yet know Jesus, 
who have not trusted in Jesus as their Savior, I want you to think about those two individuals right now and I want you to begin to pray every day that God would give you opportunities to share the gospel with those two people this fall. I want you to pray that God would give you opportunities and that when the opportunities come, he would give you courage. We give you courage to get out there and love them by sharing the gospel and that most importantly, even now, he would be breaking their hearts, opening their eyes, preparing them to hear the good news of the gospel and believe it. So I want to ask you to begin to pray for those two people and that you would have opportunities to share the gospel with them this fall. Now finally, as I wrap up my time, I'll, as I promise, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, where we're headed on the third campus. We'll be opening the third campus about this time next year somewhere south of town. We put together a video to kind of walk you through where we are on that third campus. I, I would invite you all to join us in praying for the third campus and asking God to begin raising up people already to go to that third campus. I, and I'd ask you also, there may be some of you in t- right here today who live in the south part of town, want to challenge you to think about maybe switching over to the third campus when it opens next year and, and becoming part of the group that launches that campus. After this video on the third campus, Chris McGuffey is going to come up and he's going to fill you guys in on some ways to get connected and engaged here at Grace this fall. Almost 50 years ago, Grace Bible Church opened its doors for the first time with fewer than 50 people. Today we are able to share Christ's message of grace with thousands of people within our community and countless others across the world from our Anderson and Southwood campuses. At both campuses, our parking spaces and seats are overflowing with people from all walks of life seeking to learn more about the good news of salvation. However, each week we risk someone missing out on hearing Christ's message because there simply isn't room. It is time for us to launch a third campus. We plan to open the doors in August 2015 We're launching our third campus in South College Station because of the rapid growth taking place in that part of town. Nearly every segment of our community is represented there, from college students to families to singles to empty nesters. Really, people from every walk of life live in that area, and many of those men and women have never heard the gospel. There are relatively few churches in that area compared to other parts of our community. So we feel that South College Station represents a unique opportunity for us to reach our world for Jesus. You know, Buck, you you can't come to Grace Bible Church without seeing the abundance of college students. The joy that we have in seeing those college students grow in Christ and and their lives change forever is just an, an overwhelming privilege we have. We can't give up on that. We're going to continue to pursue that. We are ministered to in abundance by the students. Our family ministry would not be as uh, powerful and fulfilling and uh, have as much opportunity if it weren't for the college students ministering to us. So uh, look at our community. A couple hundred thousand and at least a fourth of them students. It's going to be a part of what we do. Excellent. Our first campus, the Anderson campus, always has had a focus on students and families worshiping together. Um, I feel like that will always be key, not only to the third campus, but really to what Grace does. We are going to have some meetings for those who are interested in either attending or just learning more 
about the third campus. We'll have one a month on September 16th, October uh, 7th, and November 4th are the three dates. And you can find info- information about those on the website. Um, those are chances to show up, to pray, to hear more about what's going on. And then we'll also have some training for those who want to help us launch for some of the skills that it's going to take for us to meet people, to reach into our neighborhoods, to share the gospel so that uh, we can see this launch go uh, well. I think the prayer I would ask of the congregation is uh, the usual things, the finances, a place for a temporary location, a, some land for a permanent location, the financial resources, uh, some additional leaders for this new campus, for mass preparation, all, all those things are true. Uh, but I would ask that you pray for the people who might come to this new location, who aren't currently in a church or are not active in a church, and that you begin to pray for for their salvation or for their growth in the Lord and uh, that our ministry to those people would be really, really powerful. The question that we began to ask ourselves is, all right, God, we see you providing the resources. Do we have the faith to step out and do what it takes now? So that's where we are. Uh, We think it's now time to step out in faith and make it happen. Please pray for our church and our community as we step out in faith to launch a third site so that we can touch more and more lives with the gospel of Christ. Welcome, welcome. We're so excited that you guys are here. I'm so excited, as Blake reminded us uh, in his message, as we watch the video, that really, uh, at Grace Bible Church, our vision for this church is really a vision for its people. Not only the people that are in, in attendance this morning, but also those that are in our Bryan College Station community. We have a vision that people in our community would come to understand the very clear message presented this morning that God's gift of salvation is ultimately free and ready for the taking. And we want to be a part of that. We are so excited that you guys are here. Let me just ask, how many of you guys are here for the first time, whether you're a, a, a new incoming freshman at A&M or Blinn, or maybe this is the first time? Just raise your hands. Oh, look at that. Everybody give them a hand for coming. Fantastic. Let me tell you a little bit, uh, just a little orientation about what's going on here. This is our 915 service. We're going to quickly have an 11 o'clock service as well after this. For those of you that are in college at this time, uh, maybe you, some of you know, maybe some of you don't, but we also have a college ministry that meets over kind of past uh, the foyer in the other uh, fellowship wing, the college wing, that meets at 11 o'clock. Their format this year is going to continue kind of a new thing we started doing last year which is uh, kind of a shorter sermon that uh, Trey and others will be teaching and then discussing the content of that sermon uh, in some discussion groups around tables that are hosted, facilitated by some of our couples from our community. So if you guys also want to jump over there and try it out, we would really be excited for you guys to be able to do that. Uh, Some of the things that we want you guys to know about our church is the priority that we give to our small groups. We love coming in here in a big group together on Sunday mornings, but if you really want to grow, if you really want to experience God's grace and, uh, and growth in your spiritual life and to be able to connect with other people, we really want to encourage you guys to find one of our grace groups. Some of those grace groups meet on Sunday mornings. Some of them meet on Wednesday nights in Bible studies. We have home groups that meet all throughout the week in lots and lots of college groups uh, that you can find out about at 11 o'clock. But we want you guys to know that that is what we think 
is going to be the most beneficial thing for you guys to get involved in. Let me tell you about a few of those groups that meet on Sunday morning because it may be the most convenient time. We have a couple of groups that meet, uh, one group that meets at 915 for adults. It's called the Life Builders. They meet back in the portables in room 501. It's the portable that's on the left. And it's just a mixed group of adults of all ages. uh, And they meet during the 915 hour and then come into the service at 11. The trick to that, it's not just college students that are motivated by food. Next week, they're going to have a breakfast at about 8.45, okay, just before their class. And you can go over there and get to know them and then jump into the Life Builders class at 9.15. Two other groups that we want to draw your attention to uh, in the, that happened at our 11 o'clock hour. Uh, the first is that we have a, a graduates, young professionals group that meets back in our education wing. We would love for you to try that out if you're in grad school or if you're here working in your first years of your career, to put it nicely, then you can jump in with those guys and and find some friends that are of your age. The second group that we have meeting at the 11 o'clock hour is our newlyweds and young married. So anybody, when we say young married, we're talking about anybody that doesn't have any kids yet, doesn't matter how long you've been married, all the way down to those of you guys that are um, engaged or newly married. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to do something that's a little bit new, unless you're here this summer. And uh, we're going to say, hey, if you've been here for uh, going here for just a little while but haven't got connected, or if you guys are already certain that this is the place that you want to um, come and worship together throughout this year, we're going to ask those of you that are interested in more information just to stick around in the service, just to stick around for about five to seven minutes after we're done here today. We'll just come down in the front. We're going to have some people uh, that are on staff here at church or they're in charge of some other responsibilities that you can come and talk to them uh, if you want to ask Blake, uh, a couple of questions about his sermon, or if you want to come and ask about some of how to get uh, connected with one of our groups or service opportunities or otherwise, we would love for you guys uh, to be able to come and do that. Okay. Remember all this information is uh, not only uh, up front, it's on our website. It's also on our Grace Bible Church, uh, Grace Bible dash dash Texas phone app. If you want to find it that way. And uh, we're really excited that you guys uh, have joined us this morning. So come on down front if you want some more information, or you can go out and uh, talk with others that are in our Connection Center outside. Before we go together, let me, let me pray. And as we finish praying, y'all get up and meet somebody that's going to be next to you. Talk to them, find out what's going on in their life. And if you have a chance, even go out to lunch. But let me pray. Father, thanks uh, this morning. I pray thanking you that you have given us a vision for our personal lives, but also for our corporate lives together. Father, I pray that all the things that were discussed this morning, Lord, that we would sense your spirit moving us in that direction, not only to show us clarity, but Father, also to empower us uh, to be able to do that. Father, I pray that for those that are still considering a relationship with you, Lord, that you would make your gospel message abundantly clear and uh, help us to understand that only through knowing you can we have a relationship uh, that will last for an eternity. We love you, Father, and we thank you for the opportunity to come and worship together. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great day.